welcome to episode 16 of The God Learners, a podcast about gaming and reading in the mythical world of Glorantha. I am Ludo, aka Lord Abdul. I am Jörg, and today we have two guests. We have Katrin Dirim. Uh, hi. Yes, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> and we have Claudia. Hello, everybody. Hey. So, um, I think Claudia would be known for most Glorenta fans as uh, Gina Gravedancer on the White Bull campaign on, on YouTube, but to maybe more deep lore fans as the uh, Glorentan cuisine expert. <laughs> yeah, my cookbook is on work, but it's getting getting there. And uh, also the uh, Janus character in the starter set is actually based on one of my characters. Oh, cool. Nice. And uh, not to forget your uh, snake dancer and hero quest, Loranta. <laughs> um, can you tell us a bit about the the cooking book for those who don't know? Uh, I'm working on a Glorantan cookbook and it's actually, the script is, I would say, 95% done. The first book, it Ooh. will be several books and it's actually Jeff Richard, which who needs to look over it and approve it so it can actually go into the next step. It's a travel uh, guide uh, where Sorala and Janus, you know, from the starter set, will travel the world and experience mid, uh, uh, Bronze Age cooking and medieval cooking and recipes piece from the region starting in the first book in Boltholm going over New Paris and ending in Wintertop in the first book the other areas oh, cool. will be in the next uh, book versions mm-hmm. how many um, roughly how many recipes are there and how well what is the difficulty level of the recipes oh, the difficulty level is actually not that bad because I tried to deal with uh, only a few ingredients and so it, it I, I cooked every one of these recipes there's nothing which I didn't really do and um, I mean you have to play around with some things like making your own yeast batch and so on you can also buy yeast but you can also make it on your own to make your sourdough bread making your own sourdough and so on so this is maybe the difficulty if you really want to try it originally but otherwise it is actually very the things should be easy to do sometimes you have to play around with ingredients because um it depends on where you are you can get them or not (laughs) yeah but that's the idea of it and it's also the same at the same time a travel log so they actually visit the cities it's a lot about the cities how it feels to be there and so on so it's actually a mix out of both or it will be a mix out of both oh okay so it's not just a cookbook it's not just a cookbook it's also how they experience like bolt home go out what are good restaurants what else is there they attend in agrest fees where the rubble runners fight and so on (laughs) so they will go to the pubs and uh, celebrate there uh, in in, in, uh, Aretha ritual and so on Mm -hmm. so these are the, the, the topics which will be there and also recipes going with this cool what kind of kitchen hardware would you need to <laughs> this is the thing is you you will actually yeah of course you need a fire pit where you can put your <laughs> put your <laughs> big cauldron over it and uh, it's good when you have an, a magical cauldron which you found in the big rubble you know the uh, made out of iron that's the best <laughs> okay <laughs> uh, your cookbook is going to increase the demand for magical cauldrons and exactly yeah and Catherine is probably best known as one of the illustrators of many chaosium and johnston compendium books like um the uh, upcoming prosopedia but also like the uh previous god illustrations i think in the rule book and no no those were by kevin Cadia. oh yeah snap uh, well, uh, yeah uh, i think there's two bits in the starter set. Yes. Most, like, the whole Prosopedia is illustrated by me. And there's, you know, the Catalog of the Gods. And it's also going to be in the Cults book. So it's mostly upcoming things. <laughs> well, say I just, I hadn't heard of the cookbook before. And I'm very excited for that. <laughs> I think that's a brilliant idea. <laughs> I will happily send you a few snippets of it. Oh, that, that sounds great. <laughs> Thanks. You also find Katrine in the Johnson Compendium. Yeah. There's Nick Brooks' uh, illustrated History of Marcionism, which has well uh, more than a dozen of uh, Katrine's images. Yeah. There's the uh, Sixpath. 
Yes. Yeah. Which has a bunch then in the corn dolls. The oh. Heart, there yeah. was some. Mm-hmm. And there's another upcoming big epos uh, by you and Martin Helston, which will have lots of uh, map-like uh, images. Yeah, so maps, there's uh, a lot of small spot images. There's also a lot of great art by Max Smiley, who's also yeah. been there for Colosseum. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, like we were saying before the show, there's the, the, like the upcoming Prosopedia as this like amazing Aztec-looking style that you're doing so well, uh, which I think is sort of explained in the world as being sort of the art style of the second age of the empires of, uh, of the warm friends, uh, which is, uh, which is really fun. It's, uh, it looks great. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's not just the style also, but it's the, like the design of all of the gods in the pantheons. And there's a, there's a lot of cool design stuff there. Um, I mean, I, yeah, I love looking at those. <laughs> it's beautiful. And speaking of gods, uh, today's topic is going to be about the queen of the gods. Yes. <laughs> uh, we, uh, we will be talking about Arnalda, both in her mythic role and in the roles you play when uh, you uh, are playing an, an Arnalda. And with Claudia, I think we have the pro uh, Arnalda player here. <laughs> I hope uh, so. <laughs> yeah. I can't imagine that. can't think of so of another candidate right now so <laughs> <laughs> yeah maybe claudia you can run us through like the earth pantheon and the uh and the various cults that you've played or that you that that are making up the pantheon um i think the the most important thing is really uh playing an analden because this is also the starter set and this is maybe the easiest one out of the earth pantheon to play um there is a lot of good material now uh about Arnalda. As I said, um, it's also something where uh, several years ago we sat down, uh, uh, Neil Robinson, Jeff Richard and I, and we really uh, thought about how can you make the Arnaldin cult playable? Because it was always there. It is actually, Arnaldin is very important in the Earth Pantheon. She is one of the big handful of gods and um, but it was not never that popular of a cult to play so we really sat down and thought it through and uh, what makes it actually worse to play in an Alden and um, that's what I call blood sex and rock and roll um, she she wants to her have her cool sacrifices and because when you sacrifice something uh, it will end up on the table of the people of the village where the sacrifice was done because you make a big feast out of it uh, it's a lot about dancing having ritual having sex of course because producing children and uh, <laughs> a healthy community is a very very big thing of of an uh, in the eyes of Ronaldo and also uh, feeding the community is very very important so all the growing and livestock and so on is important but makes this um, making this important in a game was actually the challenge so that's the reason why um Alden became she she is actually the entrance when you play an Alden she's the entrance into the community so i mean of course a game master can say okay the adventurers go into this village and there's a problem and the village comes to them but actually it needs trust that the villagers come you can play all this out it need, need, needs maybe some connections um maybe it has even something to do with the life stock is sick or whatever and this is actually where the Nalden comes into play and um giving her some some important powers which is uh, things like um Charisma uh, is usually important, but also, and usually other players smile about it, but my usually my most important skills are dancing and singing. Uh, when when you're actually in in, in the Earth Pantheon because, and and worshiping and uh, magic rituals because this is with that you can always support the other players and make them stronger. There's nothing better than a good song 
a war song or a battle cry, a, a, a war dance with some some drugs and so on. I mean, this is history. You're playing history. This is what people did. They got themselves into a kind of aesthetic situation before they ran to ran with big battle cries into into a battle. And and this is where singing and dancing comes in. And that's actually what Analda supports: singing and dancing and augmenting. Augmenting is actually very very important. She's a very very passionate deity and um, she's the one who actually makes the community thrive so and this is something we try to introduce into the into the rules uh when you say like you know the before and after of the uh, arnalda uh, the arnalda cult um you're talking about the difference between like the uh, runequest 3 version versus mm-hmm. the runequest glorenta version Yes, she is not the one who gets chosen and freed. She is the one where Orlan comes in and frees her and she chooses him to be her right. husband protector. This is actually the important difference. She is the active one and she's not the passive one anymore. Right. And I think this is something you should also introduce into gameplay. She is uh, an, an active deity. Uh, an, an active Arnaldo is an active deity and the worshippers are also an active deity who can actually influence the world. So that's how you have to see it. And then there's so much fun to play. Um, So can you tell us about the, uh, a bit about the other deities of the Earth Pantheon? Yes. So um, of course there's Babia and and Babista Gore, which uh, her daughter, which is the, the goddess of revenge and vengeance. I find her a little bit boring to play i mean why do i always want to play somebody who is angry um but but yeah of course you can do this maybe sometimes it could be a cathartic effect if you're angry and then you play a character to get that out of yourself it's it's it could be a good situation in a game but um otherwise um i've it's it's not really my my it's not really a challenge i think uh marangor her sister uh is of course somebody who is the, the earth shaker she she is also very powerful but she is i find her also um not that easy to play mm-hmm. because she's all, uh, but i this is a concept i still have to think about how to to play her best the one the, the other character i played around with in the white bull campaign is actually a taiko attack player uh, character and i really love her i mean she is all she's one of my favorite characters it was a challenge because i wanted to play a necromancer and so how can you put <laughs> together a necromancer character in glorantha so taiko Ta- attack isn't in the you know the main rulebook bestiary so people no. might not be familiar with oh okay with her, sorry so. she yeah. she is the goddess of death so she actually has a big taste so as long as you're so when somebody dies yeah. they have to find the way into the underworld and go to her table and and have the feast and celebrate there as long as uh, their children sacrifice food and <laughs> other things or they uh, yeah they the dead people starve on her table and will then dwindle in the corner <laughs> so this is the idea of it um, how is she different as a goddess of death from like whom acts which is the god of also death but more like she, war death uh, for, for me this is actually the thing of the cycle because she is part of the earth pantheon so you start with life mm-hmm. and then you uh you live and then you die and of course it has to be actually a deity who would who welcomes uh, the dead characters in the womb of the earth. And okay. that's actually Tycho Attack. Mm-hmm. So she puts the, the ghosts to rest. She makes sure that the dead people have a good afterlife. As long as the ancestors provide food and drinks and think of them and do not forget them. Mm-hmm. So, and, and she's the one who helps actually to put the, the ghosts, the souls, bring, bring, yeah, um, her believers actually, her worshippers help to 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 do the proper burial rites so they can actually go into the underworld and have a good afterlife. This is the idea of my my picture, my personal picture yeah. of Tycho Attack. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Um, Jeff would maybe disagree a little bit on certain areas, but that's uh, that's role playing games. You can interpret these things how you like it and play it. Yes. That's yeah, the cool yeah. thing about it. So, and she is actually. Um, I mean, this is a problem with 
all of the Earth's uh, 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 Pantheon characters, the cool spells are usually rune magic, and you have to be very careful with your rune points. <laughs> But the rune magic spells are cake ass. I mean, an Earth <laughs> Elemental 3. Uh, yes. <laughs> you can do so many bad things without it. Or uh, Command Ghost. Wow. This is really, really, really powerful. Yeah. But um, this is something you have to keep in mind. Um, you need uh, a lot of rune points to have a lot of fun with, with, with Earth uh, Pantheon characters. Yeah. So I think we'll, yeah, we'll go into, you know, more practical gameplay uh, advice a bit later. I want to mm -hmm. speak on the Pantheon and the setting. So the, the first thing, of course, that is a bit unusual, maybe with Glorenta compared to other settings is that a lot of those cults that you described have restriction on gender. So for example, um, you know, Babister Gore is only open to uh, women. And uh, Marangor and Arnalda have restrictions higher up when you go into like rune levels. I don't know actually if Tychoratech, is it limited to women or not? It's a good question. I have to look it up. Yeah? Okay. I'm not sure actually. <laughs> Yeah. I'm really not sure. I mean, um, uh, with Anelda, you have, of course, the banter worshippers. Um, but, I mean, think about it. Anelda, yeah, it is, life is important. Giving birth is important. Pregnant, and so, so getting, mm -hmm. putting children into the world is very important. Yeah, the man has their share in it, but <laughs> they cannot get pregnant. And, Just a bit, yeah. Yeah, but, yeah. So, of course it is very important uh, that women are another worshippers i mean but she she's a bit she's about more than the like human fertility like making kids right she's about like all the other kinds of fertilities like uh harvest and all that right that's the reason why you need somebody to work the fields and that's the reason why you have the banter worshippers <laughs> yeah, very practical and i mean she is she's busy with all the uh making the community thrive uh, so you need the husband protector which is totally fine this is a boring work let them do the work let the Orlanti <laughs> do the work you know uh, we also have the sovereignty aspect uh, with the land goddesses and i think mm -hmm. Catherine is the expert on uh, depicting land goddesses <laughs> i'm not sure if i use the term expert one like myth that I remember from the book of Heratling mythology that I think really kind of encapsulates a lot of like how Arnalda functions is the story of how Orlanth becomes king of the various storm tribes, where basically I think it's also like starts off as Arnalda's plan telling him, okay, you got to get all the different tribes, all your brothers to come and have a great meeting where you convince them that you are stronger together than not together. And Orlanth does that, and it's going horribly because all the storm gods are thick-headed and angry at everything. Yeah. But they don't invite one brother, Vadros, because he is the worst of the bunch, and he is violent and just smashes everything together, and, and all his followers are like that too. And kind of just as the meeting is kind of breaking apart, that brother, Vadros, comes in with his tribe and tries to, like, burn down this, the huts and uh, do his classic raiding murdering, to which this other storm gods band together and defeat him. At which point they realize, hey, maybe this is not a bad idea. <laughs> and they make Orland king. And in the end of the myth, um, Orland asks another, like, how did, how did Madras even know where this meeting is taking place? And she tells him not to worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> and and I feel like that's also a lot of like how you can play another characters, how their hero quests can work out. It's kind of these social and political puzzles. How do you get all these idiots to function as a society? <laughs> so is that like the the active aspect, I guess, of Arnalda compared to, uh, for example, the uh, the land. Uh, what is it? Is it the land goddess in in Peloria, like in the in the solar uh, pantheon, Dendara, where she's Dendara, she's she's specifically um, the wife of Yan. I yeah. think I put the difference is that 
then Dada is seen as the goddess of wives, while Einalda is seen as the queen of the gods. Right. So as queen of the gods, she would have like a lot of agency in basically leading the other gods and, and defining how people are supposed to, uh, to act. Like she's basically a, a political leader. Is that fair? And it's also have more to say that everyone, nothing functions without Einalda simply because she's also the earth. Right. No society can function without her blessing. No ruler can rule without her. And that's kind of also important. We look at this from a very Orlanti-centric perspective and look at her as Orland's queen. But if you look at it from the Enalden perspective, Orland is just one of Enalden's husbands. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that might be the the difference between Orlanti-centric places like Sartar and Enalden-centric places like uh, Israelia. Yes. Yeah, but still, I mean, even Sartre, if you come there as, as a, a an Alden priestess, um, uh, people will worship you and uh, you will actually be able to tell the Orlansi, you are actually my protector. I remind you on that. You have to do that. Mm-hmm. And especially in Sartre, the Orlansi will actually say, yes, you are right. Or they should say it or otherwise they have a problem because her revenge can be awful. I mean... <laughs> So, so I, I mean, the, the point is that, of course, in the southern areas, you have the Atlantis ruling. And if you go to Australia, you have the grandmothers in the background in Orchard. Or, mm-hmm. uh, of course, there's the, 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 uh, the Analden area. But, but she is strong in both sides. She only approaches a little bit different. She has, uh, she, in, 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 in she can say, okay, in Israelia, you have to do this because I'm ruling. Uh, in Sata, she has to remind a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah? Yeah. You have yeah. a certain role. And if you do not fulfill <laughs> this role, I can be very ugly. Yeah. Uh, and speaking of, you know, being ugly and basically her stick when the carrot doesn't work, she's got like the Babistagor cult. Uh, mainly for that, although probably the Marangor cult also works. Why is it important to have those like sort of female cults that she can use in addition to all of the, you know, husband protector cults that she can use? Because she can also just, you know, get some of the Yelmalians from the nearby Sandom temple and say like, hey, you know, you're one of my husbands, come here and go hit on that guy. I I have to say, I mean, you know, uh, Babista gores and Marangors are not that common. I mean, yes, if you go to the south, you have mm-hmm. maybe more, but uh, I, I, I tried to do a little bit of research on that uh, in prep for the interview. And um, Marangors, you have the certain temples which are supported, especially when you go in the area of Wintertop, you have this big Marangora temple. But otherwise, there are a few of them. And yes, of course, you can say, please do it, because especially Babista Gore dedicated yourself as a revenge uh, uh, or a vengeance uh, vengeance for for her mother but otherwise um it is i I would say in gameplay it's much more common that she reminds the males to to fulfill their (laughs) duties i mean i think malangor isn't really that connected with another in that sense she's the goddess of the wrathful earth of earthquakes and that stuff and her worship is mostly centered around getting her to not do the things she does, basically, <laughs> appeasing her. And to Fabisagar is that she fulfills this very specific role as the most intimate defense of um, another. Mm-hmm. You know, the, when you have, let's say, um, the husband protector cults, mm-hmm. they're very outward facing, all of them. And while they protect another they're not within her like intimate sphere of existence let's say Uh, how do i phrase this best they are kind of there's something outside of her of her closest domain that she uses but babista gar is part of her basically it's yes 
Yeah, but also I would say she's a very special part of her because she is actually a little bit also the lost daughter. But Bisagora stands for a lot of things Analda actually does not stand for. I mean, Analda stands for life, for for giving life, um, but Bisagora is is angry. She wants revenge for her mother who who was killed. Uh, That's the reason why she actually turned out like she did. And then she felt the first time uh, some kind of peace when, when Analda embraced her but she is she is actually um I would not say the lost child but um she, she she is a very very angry aspect which actually Analda is not and Analda can make use of her in certain circumstances I agree totally with that but otherwise um yeah she's somehow the lost daughter a little bit in my eyes mm-hmm. yeah yes yeah I think something like that is what I'm trying to express with that she's a much more intimate mm-hmm. figure another than her husband protectors in many ways. Yeah. Mm-hmm. On a more gameplay related note, how you mentioned that Bavisa Gar characters tend to be boring and sorry. With the very basic, I kinda I can see that. But I had a game recently where we had a very interesting character who was a Bavisa Gar worshipper. And um we talked with the player beforehand and he had run a one shot where he really enjoyed the investigation aspect. Mm-hmm. And we ultimately came to the point of, okay, if you want to play the closest thing to something like a detective in Lorenta, the cult of Abisagar isn't the worst choice you can go with. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. it's built around this, the concept of sacred vengeance, of writing, of writing these wrongs for society using that anger you talked about to, in at least, and channeling into at least a sort of protective way. And that was a, a take that I thought was pretty interesting and ended up pretty fun in the game. Yeah, I made uh, I made a uh, an NPC once that was uh, basically a, a Bavista Gore lady who is following all the leads of anybody who has wronged you know the the Earth Temple in Notchet, but she's used for when they don't have like an immediate person to go and hit with an axe, and so she was basically. Sherlock Holmes, but with an axe. But yes, I would agree that it's maybe easy to consider like Babistagor as a bit more one-dimensional than um, some of the other Earth cults. As to what you were saying, Claudia, about like, you know, she's standing for what Arnalda isn't. The the way I always pictured Babistagor because of, you know, how she came to life when her uh, mother was dying I sort of see her as, you know, as parents, sometimes we uh, uh, we lose our temper and then we, you know, we regret it five minutes later. And so I see Baby Stringer as that, basically, as Arnalda losing her temper and that made flesh, basically. Hmm. But that's a wonderful thing about uh, role-playing games and the settings that you actually can come with these different interpretations. And I love actually the idea about the investigation uh, uh, game. I mean, this is uh, this is what I said. For me, it was boring, but this doesn't mean that it's for somebody else boring. And if you have the right game and the right setting, yeah, you can. Of course, you can do it. I still have a, an adventure in mind. You actually play a funeral feast. Which is also a little bit like a um, a yeah you know um, oh, there's this one movie where people start to die uh, and they try to find out uh, why people die during the funeral feast and a little bit like that mm. and you you need actually the right settings the right idea and you can also play these characters and so like it a has bit of to an fit. Agatha Christie uh, something like an Agatha yeah. Christie thingy and uh, eventually I will put this together but uh, so this is actually because I played the Tycora Tech uh, character so much and, and this came then into mind okay. and then you have the idea okay like I had with the Tycora Tech I want to how can you put a necromancer into the game so that's the reason why I came up with this character concept so how can you put a detective into the game I find the idea very charming to have then actually a Bista Gore character to do that because it fits from from the idea so and, and that's actually fun and, and I love that I, I really really love that for gameplay yeah. Uh, what I heard here now is really, you could play a James Bond character in the Baby Sagor cult. The last yes. <laughs> a James Bondina. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
as um, and you know this would be your personal uh, experience, but as women players, do you do you find that having those you know strongly female gendered cults uh, to be like something that attracts you towards Colorado in particular, or is it just like a cool thing, but it's not necessarily a a way to attract more female players. Catherine, do you want to start or shall I start? (laughs) (laughs) Maybe you start. (laughs) Okay. um, The point for me, it's okay. The beautiful thing about the Grantham setting is that you have these ideas, these female ideas, these uh, archetypes, and you can choose if you want to play a female archetype, or you want to play a male archetype, if whatever you want to play, uh, you can play even an elf or whatever, which are different than in other games. But uh, I, I what, what I think helps a lot is actually having this kind of very strong archetype, especially when you're new in the setting. So because the setting is extremely rich, and um, you need some time to dive into it, and it helps you actually these these strong you know i was thinking about are these really restriction or limitation in my opinion is actually help a help for new people to to find your orientation in this very very rich setting and for that it's actually very helpful to have these strong archetypes and then later when you have when you're in, when you know the setting, you can play around and do whatever you want. There are no limitations in the end. Yeah, mm-hmm. you can play a different gender. You can also play something you want to try out. It, it is you because it's a game. But for 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 getting actually a feeling for for the game, as these strong archetypes are very important. And um, from a women's perspective, I find it. Uh, I, of course, there are a lot of cults which are an easy entry level to 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 go into it's the another cold it's especially is i mean there are certain things i i realized come came into my games uh, when i got children and mm-hmm. when I nearly died giving birth to my daughter, Ooh. you know, and this is actually one of the things w- what also reflects in another quote, these strong, uh, uh, these thing, uh, uh, giving birth is actually a dangerous thing. And with an annulled end, you can make it easier and you can make it more safer. So this is for me a very, very important thing. And um, really after this, this, this topic of children and pregnancy and so on came came into my games after I got children and I think this is actually something where maybe some other mothers would agree this is an in a, a, a thing where they can if they want to play it they can but they mm-hmm. do not need to they can also play a kick as humakti if they want to or a female <laughs> kick as humakti yeah. yeah you do not need to but it gives you actually the big band with um with female and male archetypes right. to play around with yeah i think it it really helps solidify the feeling of grant as a setting that you have these you know that you have these cults and these um ideas about the world that aren't super wishy-washy or vague mm-hmm. <laughs> no? yeah. and it's great how while still encouraging you to change things you don't like or just play it the way you want, it still provides you with a world that has its own view on what gender is, how it works, that has its that actually like looks at topics like childbirth, that actually like includes these things as important aspects of life, of uh, of both the characters and the world's life. And I think that's a thing that also really drew me into the world in the first place. Mm-hmm. about playing those uh, people i'm actually interested like Claudia, you were saying that you had like a, a bunch of topics that showed up in your game after you um after you became a mother uh, how how does that show up in the game because um yes uh one example was that um it's a while ago we played and uh, this was actually an australian campaign and uh, a friend of mine she played a uh, i don't know she was an australian princess and came the queen of australia and we made sure that she got actually uh we they put together a political marriage and we made sure that she got pregnant (laughs) <laughs> because it was very important to have actually a child of this out of this marriage, yeah. and uh, the it was actually my character. I played the Arnaldin priestess who made sure with some 
critical roles that she got pregnant <laughs> and that it was a good pregnancy that she got twins. So, <laughs> <Christ>. <laughs> so I mean, of course, you're playing around with the rules. There is no rule for getting twins, but you can play around with the runes and 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 with fertility rules and whatever and and augmentation. And that's how we made sure that she she got actually the the proper boundaries, uh, the, the proper ties to 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 the to the other kingdom and yeah that was part of the game and of course there was a big parade during the uh, coronation process where we put glitter on her big belly <laughs> showing off and so on yeah. and this mm -hmm. is actually something where it's part of the gameplay one thing which is actually having every other game is uh, uh, having this big feast in the village you know you go in there uh, the, 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 uh, you want the blessings of the gods if you go on a hero quest or uh, some, something else and before that you need to make a big sacrifice and this is actually where your annulling comes in you do you, you prepare everything prepare the feast get the community together get the right animal to, to slaughter uh, make some good dishes out of it and party on and this is something which actually have, happens a lot I mean this makes it also easier to to go into the hero world mm -hmm. uh, into the hero planes you know um, so these are these are actually very easy things where you can implement it into gameplay um yeah but this is the Arnalda. the the other thing was uh with with the Taikura attack um it's surprisingly how many ghosts you can deal with and you can put to rest and get actually a lot of boons out of it <laughs> so, yeah <laughs> really i mean this is uh but but this is a different kind of character so um but 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 these are all things where where it's uh, of course uh, there's always a battle and um Yes, you can be part. Usually, these are the type of characters which are not the ones who run in the front with the big sword or the big spear. Mm -hmm. So, but they are more in the back and 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 do the do the singing and dancing and supporting and augmenting the other characters and maybe throw them in the final touch and earth elemental in or so. Yes, this is not really the the main focus on these characters, but that's okay. Yeah. You you are the center of other parts of the game and uh, to be honest we are now all in an age where we do not always have battles in our games mm -hmm. it's boring to fight 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 mm -hmm. fight yeah. fight i mean we, we are all more at the point where we find also the social interaction very very interesting and uh, non-combative characters have their place in a party and you can have a lot of fun with them yeah definitely Although I, I would say that the Arnaldan characters really come to light for me, at least for, for my game. I try to give them opportunity to spread their influence, basically, where they can also participate in some intrigue in, you know, recruiting, recruiting, quote unquote, you know, assets and uh, like almost building a, you know, a spy network or a, a agent network through, you know, through charm, through throwing parties or through even like intimidation. You can be like a, a scary earth lady, like uh, one of my players says, but where maybe the Arnaldan cultists can have like a lot of minions effectively. Right. Yes, this is the one thing. The other thing is you have an Analden shrine in every village. So this is actually one of the goddesses you find everywhere and where you can get support everywhere. That's not true with all the other gods. Yeah. But you will find an anal at least an Analden shrine in every tiny in the tiniest villages. So actually you have this is the one character who is nearly always an easy connection to the gods if necessary to her goddess and this is also a cool thing which you can play around with one thing i uh, like to riff off is that arnaldo is the wedding planner of every character <laughs> yes <laughs> <laughs> so uh, she arranges the marriages and uh, especially in sata where you have all these male descended tribes you have the network of marriages where uh, well you have a sister-in-law and Every other clan, really. Mm. And wherever you go, you ha will have some uh, kinswoman uh, who will be running the temple there and will be uh, hosting the feast there. And yeah, uh, Anada is the glue between all the tribes. 
and and keep in mind she's usually also the wise woman in the community so you can tell people whatever you want <laughs> yeah i my, one of my favorite things is that in every village there is an there's a little old Anadan babushka without whom nothing would function <laughs> <laughs> yes So now, I mean, you said that we don't need combat um, in all games and in all sessions, and I totally agree, but, you know, combat does happen, and one of the downsides, I would say, of the RuneQuest system is that combat takes a long time. So do you have advice for both, you know, players of non-combat cults like Elnarda and for game masters to do or suggest or uh, create opportunities for interesting things to do or exciting things to do for those non-combat characters? I think uh, the the game masters have to be open to bend the rules here a little bit, like um, uh, be creative with some skills. I mean, I had this one, uh, but this was also a hero quest uh, in the White Bull campaign where my character, I thought, okay, what can I do to distract Jail? And uh, I started to dance with her together uh, to stumble at some point. I mean, this is one one thing where I totally bended my dancing skill and the, uh, the GM let me bend it because that gave me something to do and it was a cool idea. So uh, this is actually the advice is uh, have cool ideas and through the GMs, let the players run with it because the rule system is a guidance and not something which is uh, uh, put in stone. So, um, and yes, I mean, you also have to keep in mind these are the characters who can do the cool augments. They should not be the ones who do all the healing because that's boring. So that's usually (laughs) the reason why my characters have a very terrible healing skill so I never get into the uh, into the oh you have to heal yeah but I have only healed one <laughs> so <laughs> this is something I made sure in the beginning and so when you look actually at my Yenius character in the starter set there's a reason why she has actually beast rune of 85 so she can I mean she can put out the beast in her if she wants to this was my idea of it to to give her actually a very very um not the I'm the puppet master in the background but also a very passionate side yeah. and mm-hmm. and this is actually where you then have to play around with play around with these uh, other runes uh, if you don't have any skills and and the, to the game master let these people play around with it and they have good ideas yeah i mean so you can shake the earth maybe a little bit or whatever <laughs> yeah yeah i think that's it's really important in these scenarios that you that the game master basically keeps in mind okay rolling to hit isn't the only thing you can do in, in a fight and when you play like that, I think playing a character who isn't, you know, a frontline humakti is actually more interesting because then the only thing you do for like three hours isn't just saying, I try to whack him with my sword. <laughs> yes, thank you. Yeah. I ran one shot and one of my players was playing the in the Star Trek set, the Chalana Roy character. Yeah. And he, in the one little fight they got into, he used... He worked together with his snake familiar to tangle up the legs of, oh, which uh, was very effective. Yeah, uh, and still like within the within the letter of the pacifism law, <laughs> more so because it prevented actual bloodshed. And <laughs> yeah. Oh, I mean, what do you think task riders do when you use command swine on them? <laughs> yeah, as an example, you you have to be creative. Yeah, Command Swine is great. And our last episode was on Tusk Riders, actually. So now, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Command really is also uh, where Onolda can show her ugly side. Yep. I mean, those big bad uh, ancestors of those swine were sent by Onolda because uh, she was whiffed at being neglected. A player character might do the same. So between like Command Swine and Command Snakes and summoning Earth Elementals, the Ernaldon can get nasty in combat if, if she wants. She can also defend herself. It's usually she has some basic skill with an axe or with a bow or whatever, 
but um, it is it's actually much more fun to stand back and use your skills uh, <laughs> in a more creative way than the boring uh, as Catherine said I, I run with my sword yeah. into the battle and hack for the next three hours <laughs> that's that's I, I personally find this actually quite boring yeah. so um, I, I find it much more interesting to see okay what can I do maybe I can raise the crowd in the background to help the fighters yeah or that they put together a big chanting battle song or whatever these are the mm -hmm. things you can do and yeah. and the supports uh, the, the the group as uh, it's only the gm has to keep it in mind that these players also have a part still in the battle yeah i mean the the you know quote-unquote support character archetype is is a strong archetype that you can find often in you know multiplayer video games and all that so ronaldo um fits fairly well in that if the player wants but it's but keep in mind she's only she will be the support character maybe in the battle but she is maybe the first character actually when it comes to going into the village and do the social work there yes. because she is actually the one where she gets easy into contact with other uh, villagers and finds things out and maybe she knows somebody because she was a matchmaker of her sister or whatever so she will find the secrets so she will be in first line where the, where the other characters are maybe in second line Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, I think the game master needs to, uh, maybe, you know, follow the whole, the rule about like, you know, saying yes to players, uh, fairly well with their Arnaldans because of Arnaldas role in the Glorantan society where, you know, if the, if the player says, you know, maybe I know somebody here and the game master should probably say yes. Um, there, there is also the whole thing about, um, Ronaldo's motto or whatever, like the there is another way, which potentially lets the Ronaldo player uh, prevent having to go into a battle because they find a different solution. You know, maybe the other players wanted to go in a battle, but you know, whatever. Um, is there some you know cool stuff you've done with that, or um, some again some advice to game masters or players um, uh, on that front? I mean, you have to see what I, I, I remember one game, but this was actually not because of the Malden. So, so the, the GM had prepped everything. It was actually a very battle heavy game and we all decided it's too dangerous and left. It <laughs> <laughs> was a very short game. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that happens sometimes in my Call of Cthulhu games when, when my player goes like, no, 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 this is way too scary now. <laughs> and, and and Jeff always says the games he actually prepares go very different than what he had prepared because of the dynamic yeah. of the players. So this yeah. is the other way. That's why I don't prepare much because it 90% yeah. goes to waste yeah. otherwise. <laughs> It's kind of awesome that you ask, but I'm kind of remembering in our game where we had an another character, the player had to basically leave leave the country for like two weeks, not two for like, uh, and basically he wasn't there for two sessions, and then the session just before there was the thing, there was a whole lot of the village getting attacked, mm -hmm. and I had to slot his return right like the next day seeing the whole like chaos chaotic aftermath of the attack and with the other characters like i leave you two alone for two weeks <laughs> yes <laughs> classic how about we talk about some hero questing uh because that's also like one of the big uh things that sets glorita apart so when you put hero questing plus you know, Arnalda and other female cults, you get like, you know, the uniqueness of Glorenta times two or squared or however you do the math. Is there cool stuff you want or that you've seen in hero questing that have to do with those female archetypes and or Arnaldan myth and, and things like that? 
Yeah, it's a little bit difficult because these were, so we, what we actually did is um, uh, Jeff put together uh, the new hero questing uh, concept and rules and we did uh, a little bit of play testing yeah. and used some of Greg's old uh, uh, maps of the hero planes. And um, there were certain things where, of course, you had actually aspects of the Earth Pantheon. And, um, but it's, it's very difficult. I mean, I, it's very difficult to describe right now. I can only say that it was actually really cool. And I was there as an, an Alden and um, we had everything from uh, speaking with elves over uh, dealing with uh, thorny trees to um, having um, the, oh God, this is really now not very kids appropriate having sex in a yeah no it's it's, it's too complicated <laughs> sorry <laughs> um so we had actually all but not only for Naldo, there was also the all the Olanthi aspects there and so on so um i think this is something you really have to play with the archetypes and with the ideas and i think especially on the hero planes your wounds come uh, are very very strong and you have to play them out Mm-hmm. And your your passions. This is actually, and this is also the idea that actually your rune spells, your passions, and your runes are the central elements you use in the hero planes. So, and 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 then of course, as an Analdan, you will use your earth rune, and depending on what you have in harmony, you will use your harmony or your beast rune or whatever. Mm-hmm. And 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 the runes really really play, play a very very strong um, aspect here. I have this weird idea of a campaign where actually you have all these uh, uh, women who bring their husbands as flunkies or sidekicks. Mm-hmm. And everybody has this uh, woman there. And one uh, thing is uh, you have a young mother with a baby in her, on her arm and she confronts the angry soldiers approaching the party. I really wanted to encourage uh, this mother with a baby in her arm to uh, go there, confront the soldiers and say, wait, do you want to attack this? Is this where you want to go back to? And, uh, well, just uh, simply uh, putting the peace into the battle scene. Mm, is this not more an Ashlana Roy thing? Uh I don't think so. I mean, uh, Anada uh, is the one who is left by all and... Just uh, getting people riled up uh, not to fight. It's, it's not another likes a fight. <laughs> it's survival of the strongest. And then the strongest has to make me children. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, survival of the fittest. This is really Darwinismus poor. I mean, she, she likes that. Yeah, of course. I mean, how many husbands does a good Arnoldan have? it's not okay she she maybe only one because everything is too tough but otherwise there are rituals and everything whatever i don't know so uh, basically you there you will be my next husband you have the possibility of having the marriage for a year that's fine a year and a day (laughs) that's enough (laughs) yeah so I mean, think about that. She wants to have people. She wants to have husbands who who have good a good gene pool or some good traits. Why not? I mean, look at the fam- Look at the family. Look at her children. Uh, she has very weird children. Not weird, but <laughs> they're all beautiful. <laughs> all the, that's uh, yeah. Weird is the wrong word. They're all useful. Yeah. <laughs> I think of the catalog of the gods was. Fitting all of Arnaldo's children in that space. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Actually, I'm, I'm curious, how, how do you handle, you know, pregnancies and kids and other dependents in a campaign? Like, do you have, do you have experience with that? Yes. One time we tried that. <laughs> Yeah, and this is where we gave actually this was this Israelian campaign where we gave the children to the grandmothers <laughs> to deal with them, so we can actually play. 
<laughs> it's it's not so it's a, like in real life it's a little bit more complicated yeah because usually yeah. the children are in the background and you have to find your time to play and yeah. um but it, it wasn't uh escapism enough that uh you were uh escaping family life to play rpgs where you have to deal with family life it's a problem is usually as i don't know how it's for you Catherine, but for me it's uh, because we have to do a lot of play testing at home uh we start a campaign and never come we start we get maybe to the point but then jeff starts the next campaign <laughs> so yes. um yeah that's I just have the regular scheduling problems of everything falling apart way too fast so. <laughs> yeah yeah um cool and uh maybe last thing you were um you were talking about how arnaldans like at least for you they have a lot of their magic is uh, rune magic. Yes. So you might end up, you know, blowing a lot more rune points at things compared to some other characters. But also you, it's a lot easier to get back because she's got weekly holidays and she's got lots of associated uh, cult and all that. Do you have um, yeah, some advice for players like, uh, you know, don't be cheap on the rune points or something like that? I okay. I'm somebody who always uh, was also when I played Hero Quest, power these points out as you want, and you will because it's fun. So maximum game fun, and the cool spells are usually the rune spells. There's a thing what I really would advise, and but this has nothing to do with Analda. It has to do with every character. Give your character edges. Certain things they can go, do really good, and certain things they're really bad in because this is the most fun for you and the party to play with. So it's totally okay to fail. Because these are actually the scenes which you keep in mind and where you had the most fun at when something went totally wrong. Um, but, um, and, and this is also my advice for the GMs, especially with the Analdan Pantheons, you, you want actually the people to use their room points because these are the fun spells. I mean, using an, air, uh, 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 an earth elemental is fun. And uh, you can use it for very, very different things. It does not have to be battle. It can also be for carrying you away or whatever. Um, but, but if you have to be really counting all your points and whatever and never get them back, that's very frustrating. So um, make it easy for, for the players and also for the other characters, not only for the Nalans to, to, if they do not abuse it, that they can get these points back. Yeah. What are your, um, couple of your favorite rune magic spells besides the Earth Elementals? Um, so let, let me see, um, with, with my, uh, co uh, co uh, command ghost with my Tycor attack. I love command ghost. Yeah, you, you just um, let the other players kill the NPCs and then you interrogate yes, them. Yes, exactly. <laughs> this is one of the typical necromancy, uh, uh, tricks. I'm just checking what I have actually here. Rune magic and viable is also a cool one. Oh, yeah. right. Uh, what does it do again? It prevents. It's basically what I said before. You uh, come there with a baby on your arm and you say, uh, This is uh, where peace is. Yeah, you can, the people cannot attack you. Uh, to make it short, it's, it's a little bit more complicated, but you can go into the back battlefield. Yeah, doesn't doesn't it do also the thing where there's a little area of effect? So if if all the pieces kind of huddle around you within like three meters or something, then something they can... like that. Yeah, I, I always have to read it uh, again, but that's how. Yeah. yeah. So this is actually one you can uh, uh, do a lot of havoc in, and actually a battle scene. Um, otherwise, you can do a lot of bad spells with charisma, a lot of bad things with charisma. Yeah. So how how do you usually play charisma? Because this is one of my problem spells in the sense that it boosts your charisma a lot, but it doesn't actually affect your skills that much. And so you have this like BRP problem of the characteristics versus the skills. Uh, so how how do you play that? Uh, I mean, keep in mind what kind of character we are talking about, a character who's using a lot of dancing, a lot of singing, a lot of intimidating. Yeah, but that's my point. It boosts charisma, but it only adds like, you know, five or 10% to your skill or to your dance or 
charm. Yeah, but if you have already an 80% dance skill, you have 90%, you know, <laughs> that is cool. <laughs> also, um, I mean, you, uh, you take the center of the scene. You, you, uh, you are the spotlight. Things happen yes. where you are. It's also, I mean, keep in mind, you always, you, you think from a skill per perspective, what does it do to your skills? Think about differently. What does it do in the game? You yeah. are using your charisma. Of course, your teeth are blinking. You know, this blinking right teeth. You are, it's not always that you do a skill role. In that moment, you, you are shining when mm -hmm. you use charisma and people look at you and you do not always have to roll a skill. You can play it out. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. So, so yeah, you can do a lot of bad things with it. <laughs> I'm, I'm back at James Bond, really. Yes. So, uh, you are there, you uh, interact with the baddie and you, you just be, uh, be your charming self mm -hmm. and uh, get them to, uh, well, blabber about their plans or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, the thing about Grun points, again, it's a more general thing, but I think it's a bit of a mistake to look at RuneQuest as a game about resource attrition. <laughs> um, uh, limited resources, the like more simulations aspects, exist to create tension, not to be worn down over time. You, know, you have weapon durability, not so you can track the slow decay of your bronze sword over the seven <laughs> weeks. You have it so you have these tense situations where suddenly your spear breaks in half in the middle of the fight. Mm -hmm. And similarly, also rune points. You know, I think it's it's much more enjoyable to kind of have time skips and run the game in a way that rune points are refreshed on a regular basis, at least, right. mm -hmm. instead of you know playing it on a day to day basis where you don't get to do your fun spells at all. Basically, <laughs> yeah, I think it's a it's a common house rule to just say you know you replenish all your rune points between adventures because it happens a season later or whatever we also do it sometimes with good situations that we get actually rune points back um, sometimes when you do something really cool and it fits and you're just in a temple you maybe get a few back or so so it, it depends on because um, and this is something you have to see that of course the players shouldn't abuse them because these spells are usually extremely powerful but on the other side it should also be something where the, the GM if it fits the gameplay be generous yeah be a fan of the players is there a way to make getting back the room points fun and uh, memorable scene in the game sacrifice rituals <laughs> yeah blood sex and rock and roll <laughs> exactly. Mr. <laughs> Nalden called roll in the fields. <laughs> yeah. Especially during summer solstice. Yeah. Very, very good. <laughs> so, yeah. So basically, you, you start uh, describing a scene and then uh, uh, let the wheel fall. Yeah, you can do that. <laughs> Depends on your players. Yes. If uh, yeah, it depends on on your player sensibilities and their age. It really depends on the players, of course. You do you do not have to go into details, but um, I mean the other thing is, of course, doing proper sacrifices. Yeah, or uh, yeah, I mean the, the theme orgy is here a theme. Mm -hmm. I mean. Yeah. And, and this is actually something which you had in history. I mean, it's nothing which is a bad thing. It is something which which happened, yeah. Where 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 people prayed to gods in the history and and and, and used substances and had a lot of fun afterwards. And these these children are sacred, which come out of that. And and even even if you don't really describe the scene, you can also still use it as a as a starting point for some adventure or either you need to go and uh, prepare the upcoming orgy and go find some, you know, some drugs or whatever. And then that gets you into trouble or what, uh, or, you or the aftermath. You can also say, you know, there is actually, we want to do X, we all need rune points back or whatever, or we need to cross the hero planes. We put together a proper feast and a proper feast contains everything. And you do not have to go into details. Yeah, that's fine. I mean, you can also let the people roll or you can uh, talk about it. It really depends on how the, how the players are comfortable with, with these things.
Okay, we are uh, reaching our time limit. Uh, is there any last words on Ronaldo and the other Earth uh, goddesses and cults? Uh, yeah, I have one thing, and I've, I I I uh, I see it more and more, which I really, which is very important for me. For me, the the um, the uh, uh, the picture of a proper Arnalda. So I have two pictures in mind when I talk about Arnalda. One is actually these voluptuous figurines you had in ancient times with these big hips, small waist, big breasts. And the Minoan ladies with their skirts, bare-breasted and so on, showing off. This is actually what pictures Analda for me. So the, the combination of these two. And uh, when I play an Analdan character and um, the what what is... A good Arnaldan or a thriving community is uh, a woman who is not the skinny dancers, but she doesn't have to be Rubenesque, but she she has to have some flesh. She has to have some curves because this means there's abundance of food and drinks and the community is thriving. And this is actually an Arnaldan for me. And this is a beautiful woman for me. And this is very important for me. I always try to actually include that when I draw an earth goddess or an Anahitan character. It's <laughs> one of the core attributes for me. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, well, uh, thank you a lot to both of you for uh, taking the time to talk to us uh, and coming on to the show. Yeah, thanks for inviting us. Thank you. We are definitely looking forward to the cookbook and to the prosopedia and other, um, other things you will hopefully put out at some point. Bye. Yes, bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of The God Learners. Our website is godlearners.com, where you can find episodes, newsletters, and articles about Glorantha. Reach us via email at collective at godlearners.com or via Twitter or Facebook at The God Learners for any questions or feedback. We are The God Learners. Question everything to the void and beyond. beyond.